Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of The Best Guest. Today, we are joined by Yvonne Hyman. Yvonne is not only the leading ClickUp YouTuber, but also a highly valued consultant to its developers and a passionate business efficiency consultant and mindset coach to live streamers, social media managers, YouTubers and coaches. Using her knowledge of over 12 years running multiple businesses, she helps her clients organize, strengthen and streamline their businesses into profitability and success. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Yvonne to the podcast. Hi Evie, so you live in a wonderfully sunny place that I had the pleasure of visiting earlier this year. How long have you lived in San Diego? I moved to San Diego in the end of 2019, right before the whole world just stood still. Perfect timing. I was just going to say that's a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. I'm like we had we had our 2021 and 22 issues here, but due to this perfect weather, everything just got moved outside, and we didn't have to suffer as much as many other areas had to. Yeah, not too horrible where you are. So you're an absolute expert when it comes to efficiency, which is something that I really admire. Can you talk a little bit about your journey to becoming a business efficiency consultant and ClickUp expert? please sure and it pretty much is just following the yellow brick road interestingly enough my brain just works that way back in the day I actually started out as an electrician I've been in hospitality all since I was 16 probably I was a daddy's girl and daddy was an electrician so it kind of just happened that way and yeah moving moving to the states helping my late husband in his business and when he passed away I've looked at all the assets I had um, his business my business what I was doing and I realized at that point people had come to me for web design but they actually left with full-fledged business consulting okay and when I realized that my business started shifting from just web design to business consulting and then just paying attention, just listening to what my clients are telling me that I'm helping them with, the the language they're giving back to me as well as where I'm having fun and where it's just easy. I started realizing that I see systems where other people see chaos. So it's it's really just following the yellow brick world. That's really valuable. That's a really valuable skill. <laughs> and then, yeah, and ClickUp in specific, back in the day, we version 1.0. Oh, my God. Yeah. They had just moved to San Diego. I wasn't in San Diego yet. I had discovered ClickUp as a project management tool because I was mad with Asana. I'm like, I'm a solopreneur. Why am I supposed to buy five seats? I saw the limitations in Trello and there was nothing else out there. So I discovered ClickUp in the process of this. And back in the day, I called it, it's like, like Asana and Trello had a baby on steroids and 
been a fan ever since. I work closely with the company and the CEO. So we're having fun. Excellent. You've been a guest on quite a few podcasts. I'd love to know how you manage all your appearances. One of the big things for me is I live out of my Google Calendar. So if if there isn't an easy way to add a podcast straight up to my calendar, which I'm lucky enough, most of the podcast hosts use a scheduler by now. That's always a struggle for me. I try to really pay attention to let's add it. If we don't have the scheduler, let's make sure it's on the calendar. Luckily, it doesn't happen too often that I need to do that. Simply because, again, I live out of my calendar. My ClickUp is synced to my calendar. My personal appointments and stuff is in my Google Calendar. It's always open in my email. It's always there. It's on my phone. So it has to be in the calendar. It's not happening. And then in combination with making sure that I show up on time, and usually I'm like, I pop into the recording like 15 minutes early. I have my speaker on. and I noticed that. That's such good practice. It looks really good to host. My thing is it's like, I get busy. I look into my notes. I look into making sure I have the names right and all of that. So I'm still doing last minutes prepping and getting my brain into the right space. I don't want to miss the time. So that's a common practice for me. And then I have a big Airtable database where I have everything ready. I have the podcasts we are talking to, no matter if it's you or if it's um, somebody that I personally know that I'm talking with. So I know who to stay up with, but then also have a tab for my scheduled podcasts. And there's all the information. There is who is the host? What's the podcast named? When is the recording happening? Then there's a big text blog that has the show information. So if I get If you guys scheduled my podcast, the Google document I get with the whole information is linked right in there, as well as where I think this conversation is going. So a lot of podcast hosts already give a couple of questions beforehand. Like you go, they have a full-on page, tells you exactly this is how the podcast is going to be run. This is the rough questions you're going to get. So I have those in here and I already take notes of, okay, Remember to mention this, you want to cover this, you want to cover that. So I have pretty much my own run of show to make sure I'm not forgetting anything that might be important to the audience. And I just always have that open. That's brilliant. How do you make sure that all the information is easily available for hosts? So I actually have two pages on my website. I have a public page for my speaker information. You want to bring me on a podcast or just reaching out for summits and that kind of thing. And then I have a page that's not linked in the menu that has all of my assets. So in case, even if I pop into a podcast, sometimes it's like, their VA didn't forward all my information, or we have room for a longer bio than a shorter bio. I have that link easily accessible to just hand over to the host and there's everything on there. All of my social media links are on there. All of my imagery and event images are on there as well as three different bios in like three different lengths. So a little blurb, the medium length, the full length. So that If for whatever reason the host doesn't have it handy or didn't get it or in the submission process, 
we can use that specific page because it has everything. That's such a good idea. And another thing that you do really well is repurpose your podcast interviews. So do you have a specific way that you organize your repurposing? So we do two different things. There is a recurring task happening in ClickUp for my VA that says, hey, go check the Airtable database. Any of the recorded podcasts that are set to ready to promote, let's grab those, go through them, pull out three to five snippets, and let's share those. So sometimes podcasts already build their own marketing campaign and they reach out to me and they're like, hey, we got this video snippet, we got those images, we have all of this available to you. Cool, we can use those assets. Or my VA builds assets based around the podcast and we then schedule them through a goer polls in an evergreen queue. Meaning once a week, we share throughout all of my social media platforms one appearance of mine. And the nice thing is we don't have to manually schedule it on a certain time. That time slot is reserved. Just fill up that queue with all of the podcasts that have been happening, that have been published, that I was guest on. So we have podcast promotions going out. I think right now it's all scheduled out till the end of the year. My goodness, the end of the year. That's so good. And it shows how much value you can really get from doing podcast interviews. You can really, it can provide you with so much fresh content and you are really making sure you and your team that you really maximize that across your channels. So I think that's great. And it's, it's a perfect promotion for me. I'm like, we, we do a lot of things in that same kind of framework where we have a piece of content created and we cut it up in little snippets and share it on social media. But that's all me, just me doing my thing. Now being able to add a podcast to it and a lot of podcasters record video too. So it's a vodcast too. And we have video assets and all kinds of things. It looks better than just me talking to myself to the camera. And I don't know if you find this, but hosts often ask you things in slightly different ways, or you get a different spin on something that you may have talked about. So it can be really useful in that way as well. Yeah, especially for somebody like me that processes information by talking. Right. So the moment it comes out of my mouth, it's like, oh, this is a different angle on this. I like that. Can definitely help you refine your message or come up with different angles. So if we can take it wider for a moment, can I ask you about why you think focusing on efficiency over productivity is so important? Because we are human and we tend to use productivity to procrastinate. Productivity to me just means checking off a list. That doesn't mean checking them off in the best way possible. That doesn't mean checking them off in the highest impact possible. Efficiency to me means we are paying attention to, okay, what can we get done the fastest way possible with the highest impact possible? 
Right. Meaning we can make a big difference in the business with the least amount possible. That's the first things we need to pay attention to rather than just pushing it out because we think it doesn't do anything. But it also allows us to look at our to-do list and be like, I keep pushing this task down the hill and it's like, this doesn't do anything. This is just there to, I don't know, feed my ego. Who knows? (laughs) And looking at running your business out of the way of efficiency allows you to find ways to automate your business. It allows you to just be like, this doesn't do anything for my business. And neither in the long run nor in the short run, and I'm not forced to do it. Why is it on my list? And really just have that security of just dropping it. I certainly have tasks like that. And how often are you like, oh my God, I still haven't done that. I keep pushing this down the road for like the last two months. And then you feel bad about it. And then this little voice comes, you still haven't done that. (laughs) And that energy feeds into all of the other tasks. When you look at it, does it have an impact? Does it actually need to happen? No, then drop it off. Does it have an impact? No, but it actually needs to happen. Paying your taxes doesn't necessarily have an impact on your business, but it needs to happen. It does. It does. So do you have to do it? Or can you just be like, hey, accountant, go, you have access to my accounts. Can you just please pay the taxes and get it off my back? Is that a theme that you find comes up a lot when you're working with clients? The the common thread I'm seeing is there is a shift happening where people put more effort into working efficiently than working productive. To me, the word productive and what's behind it connects to this hustle mentality of we have to work 24-7. People seem to be getting really tired of this and wanting to make more educated and smart decisions based on data, Mm -hmm. which is where efficiency comes in. If you're looking to grow a business, how can you ensure your business can handle major growth? I love that question. It's like you know me. We actually, over the last couple of years working with clients, I have seen the same framework happening over and over again for my clients that are able to easily and effortlessly scale without the whole hassle and being able to absorb all of the additional clients and all of the additional work that's coming in. And what they are doing is what I now call my SOAR framework. So with a SOAR framework, you look at your business and you start looking at what needs to be systemized. And that's where we often start also with the money maker. So don't just systemize everything. It comes back around to what has the highest impact with the least effort needed. So there specifically is that moneymaker piece of how do you get money in? You usually already have that system in place. So let's lay the system out. Let's look at it and then optimize it, which is the O in SOAR. Where, where is friction? Where are clients falling off? Where are we losing money? Where is stuff not happening? Once we looked at all of that, we start automating things. Right. Because the moment you are hands off, you can be more in your genius and actually help your clients rather than working on, did that invoice go out? <laughs> yes, that makes sense. And then for the R in SOAR, we review everything, what's happening. In that review process, we also future-proof things, meaning 
we go through that brain exercise of, okay, if we now triple, quadruple our client load, what would break in our business? What systems would go down? Where would things fall through the cracks? All of that data then gives us the decision of going back and repeat the process of what what needs to be systemized in the next round of this process to then optimize it, automate it, do the review again, and start the whole process from the beginning. Because business is a constant growth. You constantly have to adjust and grow your systems with it. The The big piece with that really is going through the SOAR framework and then future-proofing it at the end. Go through that brain exercise of, okay, if we, if my course suddenly gets 1,500 new attendees, can we handle that? If I triple, quadruple my clients, can we handle that? If I'm going on to a podcast a day, can my schedule handle that? Right. And really proactively go through that brain exercise. I like that because I think we spend so much time firefighting, but I love your approach of future-proofing. That makes so much sense. So what if someone is looking to future-proof their business? How do you work with clients to help them? Right now, the main way of working with me is a one-on-one on a monthly consulting where we go through a discovery phase. We look at, okay, what needs to happen in your business? And then I help on the path with consulting and implementation of that. What is happening in Q1 is you are actually one of the first podcasts to hear about this. We are taking this one-on-one approach that I've been doing for quite a while with clients now and turning it into a group offer. So that'll, that'll be fun. Well, that's brilliant. So where can listeners go to learn more about your services and to connect with you? The easiest way is really going to askevy.com. That's A-S-K-Y-V-I.com. The social links are right on the top of the website. Go stalk me. Everything is pretty much there. And yeah, I'm attached to my hip. So you'll find me pretty much on all the social media platforms. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me, Evie. It was great to speak to you. Thanks so much for having me. Visit www.victoriabenyon.com to book a free podcast guesting strategy session with one of our team. Using the information you provide when you book, we'll get to know you and your business better so you get the most value from your strategy call. You will come away from this 30-minute session with huge value. We'll share our top tips for being a podcast guest and up to five suggestions of perfect fit podcasts you can approach. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.